0: So I have a problem. It's a real problem. I am one of the most impatient people you will ever meet in your entire life. I don't know if there's anybody else out there, anybody else watching uh, on our Facebook live uh, feed or listening to our podcast later. I don't know if you can uh, agree with me or you can at least understand what it looks like or what it feels like to be so impatient. And because of that, the Lord blessed me with a companion, a best friend. A.K.A. my wife, who tests me in every single area when it comes to patience. Not only do, do we uh, does she test me in our home, all right, and I'll get back to that in just a little bit. Uh, I also have just the, oh, what's the word? Just the pleasure of also being her boss. And uh, she works at the church with me, and uh, she she serves in our elementary ministry. And so I have to have patience with her. At home, and then there's a lot of times here at work where we're waiting for Katie. I think it's kind of a staff joke, like we'll say, hey, we have a, a 9.30 meeting, and it's where everyone's like, what time will Katie walk in the room? And we all have our watches out, and we take bets, 9.32, and someone said 9.45 one time. I mean, when we're, at, when we're getting ready to go somewhere, Katie is one of those people who, she doesn't really set her alarm. Uh, well, she does set her alarm, but she keeps hitting snooze so many times and she waits for the very last moment to get out of bed. And it drives me absolutely bananas because I'm a prompt guy. I hate waiting. And, and you'll notice if you ever see my wife driving, I know uh, someone in here, you know what my wife's driving's like. Right out, shout out to Alyssa. Uh, but she did not get to experience my wife's full driving experience, because usually she's running so behind that you'll see her driving down Broadway with her, her knees on the steering wheel while she's doing her makeup. Yes, there's some girls out there that, I, it takes skill, honestly. I'm actually quite impressed, but I'm constantly waiting for her. There's other things I wait for that drives me absolutely bananas. I mean, for some of you, you waited in Carter's line tonight. And it's like on Tuesday nights, especially if you wait too long, like you, you hit that rush hour traffic and you're just waiting. And if you're anything like me, no, uh, every, I feel like no matter what line I pick, I always pick the wrong one. Like always. It doesn't matter who's working. Like the, that person could be on the next side. I'll go to that line again. And I always pick the wrong line. I always pick out. I don't know if you do this. You look at what car that you would have pulled behind. And then you notice like you're still four cars back and they're driving off and they're like Yeah, that's me every single time i'm like I hate waiting But I know the reward is coming at the end of the waits. I also I'm getting better at this But I I do order a lot of amazon packages and no fault to their own like I hate waiting for them But it's like I just click a button and I know it's going to be here in two days But I have to wait for it or the new iphone like it's not as much as cool as anymore but like I used to pre-order the iphone and then i just wait for it and i track the ups delivery guy pay a little extra just so i can follow his truck throughout quincy just so i know exactly when he's gonna be coming to my house okay i'm i hate waiting so i like to know and be able to predict things and food don't get me started on food like let me just give me a quick example every single wednesday uh, i have an adult life group uh that we meet i lead Uh, We always share a meal together. We start with a meal. We have about, uh, I think, 12 total couples, or not 12 total couples, 12 total people, six different couples, and we have about 17 kids who are, like, under four, okay? It's pure madness. So if you're in a community group, enjoy it now. It it gets a lot worse and harder later in life. But I always pray, and I say, ladies, kids, get your food. And they know they have 30 seconds to move. And if they don't move in 30 seconds, I will start the line because I don't like to wait. I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat. I have no patience. Waiting is hard. We've been in this series called Shadow Collection. And honestly, it's, it's all about this tension between this battle of the flesh, living in, in just our fleshly desires, and living in uh, the spirit. We kind of wrestled with that the first week when I spoke. Josh took us on a road trip. Uh, Andre, last week, we discovered that, that we are sons and daughters of God. That we are children of God. That we are an heir to God's glory. And that's some fantastic news because I know Andre shared a little bit about that. Some of us in this room, we don't have the best earthly fathers. And so to hear that, man, you are a daughter of the Most High God, you are a son of the Most High God, that means a lot to you because you don't have an earthly father that has, has expressed that support to you personally. And so Andre left off his sermon uh, on Romans chapter 8, verse 17. So we're in this book of Romans. We're kind of going uh, through this big chunk of chapter. And I want to just kind of pick it up right where he left off. I want to read that. And this sermon title is called this, God Waits with us. And I would encourage you, if you want to take notes, please do. But we're going to pick it up in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. There's not going to be slides on the screen tonight, so I need you to pay really close attention or grab your your phone, get the Bible app, and I'll try to call out the scriptures a little ahead of time. But Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says this And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, We are heirs of God's glory. So through Jesus, we have the right to be called a child of God. But here's the part I want you to hear. But if we are to share his glory, here's the tough one, we must also share in his suffering. I think a lot of times, you know, when we we come into this relationship with Jesus and we go into the, the waters of baptism and, it's true, like the old life is gone, the new life is, is, has come in Jesus. Your, your sins are washed, you're cleansed inside and out. I mean, there is no greater feeling than that. I have, I've said this before, like I can go back to the moment I gave my life to Jesus at 17 years old. I can remember exactly where it was. I can remember the parking lot. I can remember the stars in the sky. There's something beautiful about that. But a lot of times people are just like, well, my life should be easy. There shouldn't be any suffering. There shouldn't be any more consequences. I have given my life to Jesus. And I think if you've heard that before, that once you go in those waters of baptism, you come out and you, and you feel like, man, my life should just be straight and arrow, like narrow, it's like, that's it. You, you haven't read men the Gospels. You haven't dug into scriptures fully. You, you've been given this false truth that that's not the case. There's still going to be suffering in this world We know that because of sin That there's a consequence that is Continuing, there's a curse And we get caught up in the shadows of that sin And so tonight The first thing I want us to discover There's just two things I want us to discover The first one is this That the, We wait in the suffering We wait in the suffering Not only Do I hate waiting and it was hard for me to write this. Not only do we have to sit here in the waiting, we have to, to wait in suffering. That's like, I feel like a double negative. That's kind of like me saying, man, I am so hot, I'm going to go stand out in the sun. Like, like for me, that's just like, it's just, oh, I have to wait, but I'm waiting in suffering. What does that, what does that look like? It's a reality we have to face because if you look at just the very definition of wait It is where we stay or we delay action until a particular time So what that's saying is we're waiting right here There's a delayed action for something over here to occur. So here's our present reality We are waiting and suffering but something else is coming And this is where we pick it up In Romans chapter 8, we're going to be in verses 18 to 22. A little bit longer, so hang with me. It says this. Yet what we suffer now, we're in the suffering, we're in this part right here. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. So again, we're in this reality, this present reality of waiting in death decay right here. But we look forward to something else. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. The way that I see this text is there is good news and there's bad news. Which news do you guys usually ask for first when someone says, which one do you want to hear? The good news or the bad news? Someone said good. Who said bad? I'm a bad news first type of guy. I always want to end on the good. So I'm like, give me the bad. So thankfully, most of you guys are shaking your head yes. So I'm going to start with the bad. The bad news is this. Just like I said, there is sin in this world. There is a curse on this earth because of the sin that came through Adam and Eve. A curse that has a hold on us. That keeps us in this, this present world of suffering. And because of that curse, we are, we are experiencing currently confusion. You've probably experienced some confusion in this life, in this world. You probably have experienced some decay. Like get, you've seen people get older. You've seen cancer. You've seen things just progressively get worse. You've seen division, probably something real close to you. You've, You've felt the effects of division. This is the curse of sin on this world, this suffering that we are presently waiting in. And I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, you have experienced some form of death. And what happens is, a lot of times, we, especially young adults, especially those, uh, you know, just, they don't know any better uh, in the beginning, like when they're younger, and high school, kind of growing up. We put a lot at stake in this world. Like, we, we look forward, and we start dreaming. And there's nothing wrong with making dreams, but it's when uh, you start making the present reality of this world, the, the world that we're waiting in, more important than what we are looking forward to, you start losing The vision of what is to come you you start man i'm really gonna focus on my career i'm really gonna focus on finding the right house i'm really gonna focus on being debt free i'm really gonna focus and i'm gonna do anything because whatever i receive in this world you're building a worldly empire and you're just you're saying man this is a world of suffering but you're not investing in anything in the future of eternity a lot of times we get so caught up in this world and I just got to let you know it's 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 gonna fail you, because when you live in a world of suffering, you don't put stake, at least all of your stakes, into that world. And I think, man, you're like, gosh, Corey, again, like your last couple sermons, they've just been like, ugh, like so b- such bad news. Like, can you can you give us some hope? Can you give us some? I mean, just something to rally around, and that's what I save the good news for, because I think so many times, you know, it's, it's easy to let the, the bad weigh you down. I, I'm just to be honest with you. I feel like that's what my day's been like today. I feel like I've been living in the negative of the world. I've been putting a lot of stake right here in the suffering that I feel like I'm enduring, that I have not really looked at the good news. I haven't looked at what is to come, and so here's the good news. This world of, of suffering that we are presently waiting in is not the end of the story. It's not the it's not like, hey, here's the equal sign. That's There's more than just what area you are in in your life right now. Our hope is in a world that is currently being made new. We look forward to a world that's filled with, with perfection. A, a world that's filled with With no more pain. A world that is filled with with unity that is found in the name and the work of Jesus Christ. Going back to that scripture, it says, But with eager hope, creation looks forward to the day it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Can you talk about another experience of waiting? Childbirth? Childbirth? Can we go there for a little bit? I, I uh, haven't experienced the pains of childbirth, obviously, um, but I have seen it close. I've experienced it. I saw my wife endure it two times, and uh, from the look on her face, and the grip that she had on my hands, and the sounds that were coming out of her mouth, it is a painful thing. And it, it was a long journey. Let's just go with Harvey, our firstborn. Okay, this is our very first uh, birth experience. And I'm not, like, going to go super weird here. I, don't, I hope you guys are okay, all right? Um, didn't have, like, a video camera or anything. But I, I can go back to the, the moment, which I think that's the, can we just sidebar? That's the weirdest thing ever, someone to film a birth. Okay, all right. <laughs> I don't think we do that anymore. Okay, cool. Let's make sure we're on the same page. So we're in this. And my wife, she's a champ. It's her first time, and uh, we're super excited. And it was a long, I mean long time we were in there, and she was in labor. Like long, painful, and then all of a sudden, she's enduring it, and she's doing a great job, but then all of a sudden something changed in the delivery room. Uh, I remember our doctor, she was an amazing Christian lady, I mean there were several times during the hours upon hours upon hours of labor, and she would come in, and she'd just pray over Katie, and it was amazing, amazingly cool. Then Harvey comes into the world, and it's one of those moments that you, as a mom and as a dad, you're just like, oh, no. Uh, doctors rushing, nurses rushing. As soon as Harvey comes out, and they place him on the table, and— uh, Dr. Fry, I mean, at this point, she, she's a delivery nurse. She's not able, to, like, she's not really the one that takes care of the baby necessarily. She just starts praying and, and, and covers Katie and I and, and tol- tells us that the sad truth that Harvey's not breathing. And we were just obviously in a, a huge panic. And uh, all of a sudden, minutes gone by. I mean, it was like the craziest, scariest time of our life. He starts taking his first breath. He, you hear that first cry. You hear, uh, just that feel that sense of relief, and I think I have a picture of Harvey. Yeah, so little Harvey right there. Uh, this was just after he basically came out. He still looks a little weird, so I was, I was going to give you the one where he was like conehead, and uh, I was like, I don't want to scar Harvey's beautiful face to you guys, but he, he was a champ. And I say all that because of this. It was painful in the waiting. It was painful in the waiting as, as she was getting ready to deliver him. It was painful in the in the waiting for them to say, "Hey, I I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a cry that he's alive, that that he's going to be okay." But there was hope because of what I felt like God had plans for Harvey. There was hope because I know God has an amazing plan for this young boy's life. And there may be pain that you are suffering right now. We all experience it. And I don't know how much, I don't know how strong it is, but my prayer is that, well, I know for sure, it is temporary in this time of suffering right here, and it's filled with hope because of what is to come over here. So we wait in the suffering, but here's what I want you to catch. Here's the good news. Here's the second point. But God waits with us through the suffering. Like, we're waiting over here in the suffering, but if you have a relationship with Jesus, he is waiting with you through that suffering. And that is good news to me. There's relief when you know that someone is waiting with you. Like, let's go back to Carter's. I know it's like... I just, I just go there all, so often, and a lot of times I don't have this, but when I do have this, it's amazing. When, when you have someone in the car with you waiting, the conversation's better. You probably experience that more on Tuesday nights because you probably carpool versus when you're just going in and you're waiting in the line by yourself. Like when I have my family with me in Carter's, I'll wait as long as it takes because I'm in with my family, but if I'm by myself, it's just no fun. If you're in the waiting room or you're in the doctor's office and you're waiting by yourself versus having someone with you that you just you want in your corner, that you know they're going to be praying with you, they're going to be holding your hand, they're going to be crying with you, you want those people with you. There's comfort in knowing that there is someone with you through the suffering. So here's what Romans says as we finish up this uh, in my section of Scripture in Romans chapter 8 what it looks like, how God waits with us through the suffering. And we believers, this is in verse 23 through 26, and we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. Let me just stop right there. That is how he is with us through the suffering. The Holy Spirit is within us. He is taking residence inside of us. For we long for bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait in eager hope for the day that God will give us. Our full rights as His adopted children, including the new bodies He has promised us. I don't know if anybody ever read that, and they're like, I cannot wait for a new body. I cannot wait to be faster. I cannot wait to uh, actually shoot a, a basket that actually has good form. I can't wait to do this CrossFit lift that I really struggle with. I can't wait to do this dance TikTok that my daughter is way better than me at, and I try to watch and, and do it, and I can't because I'm just too old, and I'm not it's okay. How many of you just wait for a new body? I think that's pretty cool. That God has promised us We were given this hope When we were saved And then down to 26 And the Holy Spirit This is the part I want you to catch The Holy Spirit Helps us in our weakness For example We don't know What God wants us To pray for But the Holy Spirit Prays for us With groanings That cannot be expressed In words And the Father Who knows all hearts Knows what the Spirit Is saying For the Spirit Pleads for us believers In harmony With God's own will. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness by waiting with us through our suffering. Whatever you may be going through, understand this. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, He sends the Holy Spirit to take residence inside of you. And when you don't know how to pray, when you don't know what words to utter out of your mouth, when you don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit is with you through the suffering. We have an incredible advocate in our corner. We weren't just abandoned. We, we just celebrated Easter. We just celebrated Jesus' perfect life, his death. We talked about his burial and his resurrection. And then he came back. He appeared to all of his, his followers and before he ascended, Clayton, uh, he, he spoke in, uh, this weekend here at church, and he used this verse, which I was going to use, and so I'm going to use it again. In John uh, chapter 16, this is what Jesus said. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. So he's right now about to ascend up into heaven. He just res- uh, came from the dead. He rose from the dead, and he's about to be ascended into heaven. And he's saying, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. He says, because if I don't go, The advocate won't come. The Holy Spirit won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of coming judgment. That is how he's waiting with us through the suffering. This advocate that is inside of us is groaning, convicting, and helping us through the suffering. And if you're like, man, You don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ. You have not laid your life down, and you have confessed that He is the Lord and the Savior of your life. Can I just be honest with you? You are doing it on your own. You're doing it on your own strength. You're doing it by yourself. You're doing it in isolation. The Holy Spirit, God, He's not with you, unfortunately. But that is not the desire of God. He wants to live inside of you. He wants to go and journey with you through the suffering. He doesn't want you to be in this present reality of waiting in the suffering. What he wants to do is he wants to wait with you through it. But you have that choice. I have that choice. You have to come to the realization that you need him. And he'll work with you through the suffering. If you look at the word advocate in, in John chapter 16, th- it's interesting. So you kind of heard what some of those, it's Holy Spirit, it's, it's counselor. But in the word, uh, in the Greek language, the word advocate is paraclete. And I don't know what you hear in that, but I hear pair of cleats," And I was a baseball player, so it's easy to go there, right? And I thought, how cool is that? But that that's, what, that's what the Holy Spirit is. He's like a, a paraclete. It gives us traction. It gives us stability. It helps us to stay on our feet. I mean, in wet conditions, you want a Paracletes? Because it sticks. It gives you a good foundation. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It is with you. And you can move. And it could lead you to go through the suffering towards him in the right direction. Because if you don't have the advocate, if you don't have the paraclete, most of the time, you're going to fall on the ground. You can't do it by yourself. You need the paraclete. You need the advocate. And the advocate wants to go with you through it. So we wait in the suffering, and God waits with us through the suffering And you know what I can't wait for? I can't wait for that day. I can't wait to go back to the beginning to be called an an heir of God's glory because of Jesus Christ. I can't wait for that picture of what it looks like when Christ comes back for us. I want you to picture this with me. I, I get very vulnerable when I say this, but I love to do weddings. Uh, because I'm going to go up here. I hope that's okay. When I stand up here with the groom, I look forward to this moment every time I'm doing the wedding. I usually shed tears, no matter if it's, I shed a tear when I saw my wife, I shed a tear when I see almost every single bride, and if if I ever do your wedding, I don't shed a tear. It's nothing personal, okay? I, I I think I'll maybe I will, but I do because I can't help but picture what it looks like. Because this is the picture of what it's going to look like when Jesus comes back for us. Jesus is the bridegroom, the church, those who believe in His name. We are the bride of Christ. We are the church, and I can't help but look anytime that bride takes that first turn and is revealed, I I look at her, I look at him. I look at her, I look at him. And I cry. Because there's so much joy inside the groom's heart. There's so much emotion because he is so excited to see his bride come down this aisle and to be united with them. And that is our picture with Jesus. Jesus. That he is setting up this time. He's preparing a place for us. But there's going to be a moment when this earth, this world of suffering comes to an end. And we get to encounter Jesus for the very first time. And we're going to go down this aisle. And we're going to make eye contact with Jesus. And Jesus is going to make eye contact with you. And it is going to be a moment that I cannot wait for. I love my kids. I love my friends. I love this church. But that is the moment that I wait for, that I I live in this world of suffering because I know what is to come. And so the question is, are you ready? Are you going to be down that aisle when it's your time? Is your family going to be the one celebrating because you made it? I just had a meeting today with someone that I'm planning a funeral for and I was talking to the family and this guy, he had hope because he was baptized just a year and a half ago and he died of cancer and and the family were just like, man, we feel good because he told us at the end, He, he feels peace with God, he knew exactly where he was going and I said, that is the very best gift he could possibly ever give you guys and I want that for every single one of you. So are you ready? I know we're waiting in the suffering, but you don't have to wait by yourself because he wants to wait with you through it. So if you've never started that relationship with Jesus tonight's the night, don't put it off. Don't put it off. Don't miss that moment that you get to have with Jesus. When you confess that He is your Lord and your Savior. And so there's going to be two people up here on both sides. that would love to talk with you, pray with you, whatever you may be going through. Maybe you're going through some struggles. Maybe you're going through some suffering. You're going through some pain. And you just want, man, I just need someone to pray over me. They're not any better than you. I'm not any better than you. I don't have things figured out. I had a terrible, no good, very bad day today. I need prayer. I need to be on my knees. And saying, Lord, I, I need you to help me go through it. I don't want to be over here by myself. So I invite you, during this next song, move. Take a step. Just one little step closer to Jesus. Because that is why we're here. No other reason. We're here to take steps towards Jesus. So I want to invite you to stand with me. We're going to sing this song. And you're going to get this picture of exactly what I set up with this bridegroom of Jesus, looking at you, his bride, the church, and he is so excited to meet you and spend eternity with you. So Heavenly Father, I come before you, God. I pray, God, in these next few moments as we sing, as we rejoice, as we